think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Derek Jeter, it's his final game with a walk-off single. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lace him up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time, he got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Someone needs to come to me and explain to me what Jordan is better at than LeBron without saying the word six-way. I supposed to be a franchise player, and we ain't here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome back. The crew is live in the stew, and a regulation is here for another week, episode nine. It's all about the cup. We're going to go ahead and give you guys our version of this week's rundown of the biggest stories in sports and entertainment, coverage you guys deserve, and not about what LeBron tweeted in 2014. To run through Fuck LeBron. <laughs> to run through the OG crew, per usual, um, we'll just do it for fuck's sake. Let's do some roll call. First up, a man who once smoked a doobie with David Copperfield. Shakes, how we doing? I'm great. Uh, Copperfield's pretty good, too, actually. I just got a text from him, so... <laughs> <laughs> Next up, a real animal lover uh, and the reason for moving to California. Uh, <clears throat> our host and a ferret farm owner, Barrel Chest. How we doing, kid? What's up, boys? Good to be here. Good to be here. How's the farm doing? Farm's doing good. Nice. Lastly, a man who drunkenly ate a tube of toothpaste once, Tommy Lasagna. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, uh, I wasn't drunk. <laughs> tasted pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back for episode nine. <clears throat> stoked. I'm stoked to be here with you guys all tonight. And thanks to all of our followers and listeners. Stay golden. Uh, great lineup. Obviously, we're going to be heavily covering the Chell playoffs. Um, additionally, we'll be just going over the NBA playoffs. Throw out some buzzer beaters, which is going to be the Masters recap, Champions League, Conor McGregor, and some MLB hot points. And then uh, we'll just kind of wrap things up from there. So we'll go ahead and just jump right into it. It's a good show. Give us some uh, feedback on DMs, and we'll just kick off right into the NHL playoffs. It's fucking biscuit season, boys. This Let's is the, go. This is the fucking time of year where 16 teams battle for a shot to have their names etched in the Stanley Cup. It's probably the best two months in fucking sports, in my opinion. Hon- Dude, honestly, within the last last six years of my life, Coming from the South, being just, you know, basically a college football fan growing up and then a Titans fan, later on a Preds fan. Um, and a farm boy. Yeah, that too. Obviously, <laughs> that's the main thing. Uh, fucking hockey has become my favorite fucking sport pretty much the last few years, and it's mainly all about Stanley Cup playoffs, dude. Like, in college, thanks to you guys, you know, I, I went to Roanoke or whatever. Everyone was a big hockey fan, got super into it. There's just nothing like NHL playoffs, period. Like, there's... Absolutely. I mean, there's NFL playoff games are awesome. I would have to put that second best. When you're deep in the you know MLB postseason, you hit a walk off home run. All that shit's awesome. But like game in, game out. I think um, for the entirety of every single game, the NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs are the absolute tits. Let's dude. fucking it just go. Get any better well, than that, so, dude? I'm I, very. I might, I might be on the the opposition side here, which is you know generally Let's your role, Brent. But I'm probably one of the few who thinks the NBA and the NHL playoffs are way too fucking long. 
Like I'm gonna be. It's gonna they, be like they are June. Long. That's They're what makes them electric. Long. It's all about endurance. They're way too long. They're way too long. It shows I, I what it shows who the better. It's like two and a half months. It shows who the better teams are. It's all about endurance, though. It's not just one game where you can have a fluke like Nick Foles bringing home a Super Bowl. Uh, it's yeah, a great. It's I a great point. Hardly agree there. Um, but let's just take a look at some of these uh, these matchups. I'll just go. I was going to actually kick off with the jackets and caps, but I kind of want. I want. I want Harry to touch base on the Flyers and Penguins first and foremost, just because of the shellacking They're, that's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah so playing right now. So as as we speak, the Penguins are up seven nothing on the Flyers. Uh, this should come as really no surprise. The Flyers are a good team, lack a little bit of depth. I mean, they got Claude Giroux, who's a legitimate heart candidate. Um, but when you talk about the Penguins, man, they're a playoff team just, just through, like, you know, year in and year out. You know, they've had their troubles this year. Uh, but when you've got Crosby and Malkin doing their thing, uh, they got Matt Miller, they got Crystal Tang, they got, they got a lot of good players. And, and the thing that I love about this team, uh, and I'm not a fan of them by any means, but what I love about them in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs is they got, like, guys like Phil Kessel and Derek Broussard on the third line. And the most important, Kessel. the most important thing, yeah, Kessel's a beauty. But the most important thing when the playoffs come <laughs> around is having depth, and these guys have a ton of depth. So uh, expect the Penguins to to uh, you know win this series in five. Flyers will probably take one game, one home game off of them, but uh, no, no more than that. Pens are just big, like they're they're just a big team. Like when you look at guys like Crosby and Malkin, like you said, and then Miller, uh, you got fucking Kessel. Like every single player on their team just seems to be like big and fast, yep. which obviously you know any sport you want to play. What do you want? Big and fast guys. So it's no surprise they're pretty good. But yeah, they're they're just deep. They're physical, fucking crazy. Um, let's all just hope that that it stops after like one series win. We don't Seriously. want a Pittsburgh three peat. No kidding. Absolutely not. I mean, it's honestly it's battle of the garbage. Uh, honestly, I hate both of these teams so much. Uh, and <laughs> Pittsburgh it, and Philly. It sucks that the Penguins in Game One have like an absolute barn burner going. Like they are just cleaning house. So. Um, like I said, I hope it ends because I'd rather the the Caps play the Flyers or. or I mean, Philly just—they just won the Super Bowl, and they, you know, their college team Villanova just won a national championship. So we can we can cut the, all that shit out. Um, let's let the Flyers lose right here, and hope the Sixers don't go very far. Philly's had well, enough fun. I think so. Whoever goes on, correct me if I'm wrong. From the Flyers, Penguins goes on to play winner of Jackets and Caps. Um, Correct. I'll talk a little bit yeah. about that. Uh, being in D.C., having been here for almost four years, three years now, um, it's just tradition that Washington is a, is a choke artist city. Um, the Caps are obviously always stacked. You know, Oshie, Backstrom, Wilson, Holpe, like these guys have a lot of experience but have never been able to obviously get it over the finish line. Um, I highly doubt that they take an L to the to Blue Jackets, but like – like I said, honestly, anything can happen in the city. It, it, it happens on the reg. So I don't know if you guys have any input, whether this is the year for these guys, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, it's definitely not the Caps year. I think they do get past the Blue Jackets. Um, Capitals sort of, they went through like a little midseason funk there where for like a while, you know, they started, they started slipping. The Penguins came on. Everyone sort of thought, and I think for a second, the Penguins did pass them in the division, but, uh, the Capitals turned it around. They've actually been like a really, really strong team since like the beginning of February. Um, I like where they're at right now. They're playing pretty good hockey. And um, what's his face? Uh, goddamn, 
Ovi has been obviously just playing. <laughs> I mean, the, the dude that doesn't guy. slow down. Yeah, that, obviously, that I, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, the, just that superstar, the best player in the world. Um, he he doesn't slow down, so they're they're as strong as ever. Um, obviously, they have an extreme history of bouncing out. However, in the playoffs, he's always traditionally gassed out. Like he's done. He he just like doesn't come to perform. Well, they'll they'll get past the Jackets. I probably don't like them in the next round, but that's ex- a different story. Expect for expect podcast. the expect the Caps to take down the Jackets probably in four games. Uh, it's a complete mismatch. The the Capitals' offense is is just absolutely loaded. Their defense is probably a little bit of concern, but I'm surprised to hear that. You're so quick to say, oh, it's probably not their year. You know, you got to think at some point Ovechkin and Oshi and uh, Kuznevov and, and all those guys, like you got to expect at some point they're going to bring it together and maybe make a run past. It seems like every year they run into the Penguins, right? Second round, and then, and then they end up losing. You got you to imagine at some point that that's going to get turned on its head. So I, I don't know. I welcome it, it, it anytime. It's, it's hard. It's hard to say at this point. It's anybody like that. Any one team. It's like their year. It, it's just such a loaded. Every team has got its its pros and cons. It's the Predators' year. It, yeah, sure. I'm I'm sure you believe that. <laughs> but when you look at like the number one seeds, like Tampa Bay and, and Washington and, and Vegas, or the 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 West is is stacked kind of across the board. It's 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 hard to say who's gonna who's gonna win at this point. But uh, expect Caps to to make easy work of of Columbus. I, th- I agree. I think one of the interesting games to watch will be a more, e- <clears throat> excuse me, more even match. I should say, uh, would be the Leaves and Bruins. <clears throat> I think this will be an interesting matchup, um, especially just because of the race that the Bruins have made to get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having kind of been maybe potentially written off as a playoff contender, uh, have now fought back and are you know a serious threat. So. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, you know who the outcome or who the winner is here. Yeah, this I, I think this is probably going to be the best matchup uh, in the East in terms of just um, of uh, you know the most even matchup that is. You know, expect th- this should go about seven games um, if everything pans out the way that I think it will. This is also two original six teams. This is like what I love about hockey. You got these old school teams, uh, Leafs and Bruins. They're awesome teams. The Leafs, I love them. I'm going to pull for them uh, at being a New York fan and an anti-Boston fan even more. Um, I'm pulling uh-huh. for the Leafs. They've got you know Mitch Mariner and they got uh, Nazem Kadri and um, Austin Matthews. It, it's a really fun. He's a fucking beast. It's a, re- it's a really fun team to watch. And Austin Matthews is really he's he's a, a special player. Uh, you know he's he's in that conversation with Connor McDavid in terms of just like. For sure, how, like how good he is. So, and, and I think it's dude the three. I mean, if it if it be him and Connor McDavid and Patrick Lane from Winnipeg, I mean those three guys all super young, yep. superstars. You know, like they Austin Matthews in, it had an incredible rookie season last year. Um, no surprise to see the the Leafs where they are right now, and I I I like them uh, in this series. So I'm I'm with you, Tom. Who are you putting your money on? Bruins and four, obviously. Bruins and four. <laughs> Bruins yeah, and four. Okay. Yeah, okay. Dude, honestly, I, I, this is like the last thing I'll, I'll mention is that, like, if you look at if you look at like who's the hottest team right now, and I think the the Penguins are probably in that conversation, but the Bruins' second half team was unbelievable. You know, I, well, I dude, they've been dealing with all these injuries. Yeah, that's the thing. And to the contrary, it's just like the next guy up. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think they'll make a run to the cup just because of everything you were saying before about depth, and I think that's probably. The Bruins' biggest question mark right now. Yeah, but it just seems like at, you know right now, no matter who you throw out there, it's just next guy up. Somebody's going to go out there and make a play. 
their last three weeks though were a little bit sketchy like i i I hope they i hope they get a little bit healthier because they all those injuries you're talking about they they've obviously fucking played like admirably if you will throughout the whole season and for a while we're leading the east but if you know obviously the lightning overtook them and they they just really started slipping there towards the very very end but i i would like to see the bruins play good hockey i mean it's going to be a good series like harry said your money on the leafs out of the series I'm taking the Leafs, but I, you know, I would, I would just like to see it go seven games. Wouldn't be surprised or heartbroken either way. So yep. I'm ready for that series. Nice. Well, another great series, and I don't necessarily think it'll be all that much of an even series, but definitely an electric series is uh, Devils and Lightning. Um, obviously, Lightning has been notoriously a powerhouse throughout the season, uh, but the Devils have kind of snuck up and and been a bit of a a bit of a, a sleeper. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to kind of see them play. Obviously, I don't necessarily like anything besides Harrison that New Jersey is produced. But like, <laughs> but fuck it. Like, I think this will be a really entertaining uh, matchup. So um, yeah. let's hear it. I think uh, the Devils. I think won seven of their last eight games just to squeeze into that second wild card spot. So. Um, they're obviously playing some pretty hot hockey. They're I really hungry. don't know a ton about their team. I know they, they, I know they're good in goal. I've I've heard a lot. I honestly just don't know a lot about their team, but I've heard a lot about uh, their goalie. Just watching like NHL Network and shit all season. And uh, like I said, they 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 were hot coming in. What else can you ask for other than peaking at the right time? The, this team, Lightning are too good though. Yeah, this team is is like definition grit, right? Like they're just they're gritty. They're a bunch of grinders. Taylor Hall is Taylor Hall is, is a is a really solid player. I'm glad he got out of Edmonton because that's just a toxic place. That's like Cleveland for the NHL. Um, and and so honestly, Devils, you know, they could be that sleeper pick that makes a run in the playoffs. I hope that's not the case. But on, like to Shakes' point, where he's like, I don't really know too much about this team. That says it all, right? Like you look at the Lightning; they're a big name team. They're just a good team all around. Uh, offense, defense. You got Victor Hedman and and Stamkos and now McDonough and Anton Strauman Kucherov. and Kucherov and it's JT Miller JT yeah exactly and the list goes on and on they're way too stacked the the Tampa Bay Lightning are a team that this could be their year you know on paper they're just they're so solid so 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 solid so I don't think the Devils will stand a chance in, in this you know they might be able to take a game maybe two but I don't even think that would be the case so I'm I'm calling lightning in five here. Uh, I don't I don't really think it'll be all too close when it's all said and done. Uh, definitely lightning in five, in my opinion. I mean Vasilevsky, he had 44 wins this season. Obviously Ben Bishop was there. He was a longtime goalie for the Lightning. They just traded or yeah they traded him um, in the off season and um, Vasilevsky pulled up this year. Had 44 wins. That was a franchise record. So he's playing fucking awesome hockey. Uh, they got Stamkos, like you said, Kucherov. He had 100 points this year. Um, insane. I think he had 39 goals, 61 assists. And then, uh, of course, they got JT Miller from uh, from the Rangers and, and plenty more. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. lightning, hey, lightning in five. Shakes, and is, probably is, the strongest uh, team in the East by far. Is Jonathan Druin still on Tampa Bay? I do not I don't, think I haven't so. heard his name in a while, so um, I don't know what happened to him, but he's, no. he, was a, he was a nice player. I do player. not think so. As as of, um, I think he got traded last season. Okay, that's it. Okay. Well, Brent, what do you have next up for us? Uh, moving to the Western Conference, as a matter of fact, we got um, the Wild versus the Jets. Um, pretty pretty <laughs> good matchup. Wild are sort of the, the Western Conference's um, capitals, if you will. 
always a strong team coming out of the Central Division, but uh, they're just notorious for losing in the first and second round. I don't really; they're not as strong as they were last year or the year before that. As a matter of fact, um, and really, the Jets have just been—they're—they're they're young. The, like the only knock against the Jets is just how how young they are. None of their players have much playoff experience. But if you watch the Jets play, they are soon to be. The if we're drawing comparisons here, they're soon to be the Tampa Bay Lightning of the Western Conference. I mean, they're just loaded with off, offensive studs, young guys. Patrick Lane, I think he's 21, 22 years old. Um, insane offensive talent, and they're they're just honestly way too good, I think, for the Wild to even sniff. So I would I would probably pick the Jets and six in this round, and the winner of that the winner of that matchup goes on to uh, to play the winner of the the Preds um, Avalanche matchup. And obviously, you guys know who I like in that one, which we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I like the Jets in six games versus the Wild. Yeah, I, I just want to. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue. No. But this is a weird matchup, but uh, I think they're pretty evenly matched teams. Um, I, I think this is that part of the bracket, that top left, you know, part of the bracket. Which what division is that? Uh, they're they're both in the central. central. The main thing yeah. is, you know, the fucking the Jets had seven more wins in the regular season than uh, than the Wild did. And they had the second best power play in the NHL. So if yeah. you know, if there's a lot of things you would pick your team to be good at, number one probably in the postseason would be goaltending. Right. But anything else but th- would, that, would have to be probably power play efficiency. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like that, looking at the Central Division and, and the playoff bracket, you know, and, and their trip to the Western Conference Finals, it's really Nashville's to lose. Yeah, definitely. Um, espe- yeah, especially the first two rounds. You know, I mean, even. Even like like I said, whoever wins this matchup, we'll we'll go to the Predators Predators next since we're yeah. going to segue right into it anyways. But uh, whoever wins this matchup, which I like the Jets, it, it's just one word about them and its offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, you know what? Make it fucking two words. They only I think they had the fifth fewest goals allowed this season, so they've got it on both sides. But really, they're they're a juggernaut on the <laughs> offensive end, and Patrick Lane is going to get it done. Um, so I like them. And then obviously, you go to the other matchup. You got the Preds versus the Avalanche. They played four times in the regular season, and the Preds won every single time. Uh, we we had a deal in the regular season at the deadline with the Avalanche. We brought Kyle Turris over. Um, he's playing, I think, on our second or third line as a center. Been been a huge plug-in for us, and obviously we took Ryan Hartman also um, as a second or third lineman from uh, the Blackhawks. So we've got a lot of depth offensively. Everyone knows about our top four defensemen. You got P.K. Subban, Matias Ekholm, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, and then obviously we got Pekka Rene, um, who's been. I mean, you really can only describe him as the best best goalie in the league all season long. So big dick Rene, where the Predators are at. I think the Preds win this probably in four, but you know what? Just to not be cocky, I'll say five games, and then they'll go on and probably beat the Jets in the next round. Like you said, Harry, it's the Preds to lose right now. We'll go. We'll get into the other two matchups in the Western Conference in a sec. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, uh, as much as I hate to give it to you and stroke that ego, the Preds are uh, just looking like a really solid team. Um, you know, I, mean, I, I am President's Trophy. Yeah, yeah I mean, President President <laughs> Trophy good. winner. Um, that's big. They're going in obviously with a lot on the line. Like you guys said, they've. It's theirs to lose, but I, I do think they they go ahead and pull through in this round. I won't obviously discuss uh, the future and you know the, the finals, but I think they do go on to play the Jets in the uh, in the next round. For all the, I, mean, I could talk all day, I could talk all day about this team, but it's just yeah. we're three lines deep, if not four. We've got help. We got 
we have experienced playoff guys who are waiting for a call-up right now in the, in the AHL. You know, guys who we had to call up due to injury last postseason. So our depth goes even Where are you beyond from the again? roster at the moment. Yeah. If I'll, I know Shakes is being a little humble here, or he's being modest, I should say, on this on this Preds in five. Everybody who's listening, the Preds are going to sweep this series. The Avalanche do not hold a, a a light to to the you know the Predators' talent and skill and depth. So they're going to take this in four. You know, mark my words. All the best matchups in the Western Conference are coming on the other side out of the, though, out of the, the Pacific, hundred percent. Which is it's almost always the case. Do like you, obviously, you know. Power teams, um, mainly, um, let's say, we'll call it the Predators and even more than them, the Blackhawks, have come out of the Central Division for a while. Um, but, dude, the, the best playoff matchups in the early rounds in the Western Conference are always Pacific Division. These fucking teams, the Kings, the Ducks, the Sharks, it always seems like those California teams are in there. 100%. So, Harry, I mean, I'll let you – I know everyone's sort of been excited about the uh, Golden Knights – so let's hear what you got about the Knights versus the Kings yeah, out of Los Angeles. Absolutely. And to that point, you know, seeing seeing the Kings, Ducks, and Sharks has really kind of become commonplace in the Pacific All Division. Super even teams. They're they're super even. They're they're big. We talked about before the Penguins having a having a bunch of size and and, and just being strong players. Sharks and ducks are very Sharks good. and Ducks are just big players. And honestly, for whoever comes out of the, the Kings LA uh, series you know, you gotta you you better hope that the that the, that the ducks and the sharks beat each other up during their season, series because that'll only help you out because those are when you're talking about Getzlov and Kessler and and uh, Joe Thornton and, and Brent Burns and and all there's just so many big like big dudes who are just physical and, and they beat each other up. So, uh, but you know, to to stick to the Kings and and uh, Knights matchup, uh, it's really a good matchup. Um, you know, we're talking about experienced team with Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty and and uh, Jay Quick and and Dustin, um, excuse me, Dustin Brown, and so it's really like you know they're they're veterans. They've they've been here, done that. They've they have a cup under their belt. Um, but the Golden Knights are the, those young bucks who are who are coming in with zero expectations. They weren't supposed to even be in this position. Uh, they put up 268 goals over the course of the year. That ranked fifth in the NHL. Um, you know, William Carlson is, is absolute an absolute stud who who leads that offense. Uh, but they've got a couple injuries who are that are undisclosed right now with uh, Marshall and David Perron. So if they can come back, that that's a huge thing for them. They're not like they're not the deepest team, which just scares me. But um, it, it's a really interesting matchup. I'm gonna go. Oof, I'm gonna go Golden Knights in seven games. Let's I'm go. Gonna take, I'm gonna take the Kings in six games, and here's why. You, you mentioned the Knights, you know, putting up the fifth most goals in the league this year, 268 goals. Um, not a lot of people, I guess, are aware of this. Kings had the the very fucking top scoring defense in the NHL. They yeah. also had the most efficient defense in the NHL. Um, like you said, the Knights are a good offensive team. They're they're sort of my, what you might call low pressure. I would say they're probably, you know, if you could say any team has had the most fun this year, it would have to be them being a being a new franchise and just like all the excitement that comes with winning and being as successful as they have been over the course of the yeah. year. So. So maybe less pressure and nerves and stuff, you know, just sort of riding a joyous little wave that they've had. But they've they've had four players score 60-plus points, and I think uh, two of those scored over 70. Mm-hmm. So they do have offensive output, but really at the end of the day, I think, like you said, they're just really not deep enough. Jonathan Quick has been there before, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, if you could pick one thing in the playoffs, I think the first thing you would have to pick is goalie play. And then to go along with an insanely good goalie, yeah. you have the top defense in the league. 
So well, that, I, I just like the Kings. I'm going to take the Kings in six games. That's the story of this matchup, right? Is is and speaking it's of John, offense, it's, actually, sorry. To, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Let me let me say this: the, since February 24th, the Kings have averaged 3.1 goals a game. That's in the top five in the league, yeah. and the Knights have slipped slipped down to 2.6. So yeah. Not only do the Kings have the defense and the goalie play to back it up, they've actually been on quite an offensive tear. Right, right. And and I was going to say the, the really the big storyline of this is Mark Andre Fleury versus Jonathan Quick, two two guys right. who are so experienced in the playoffs and and both have Stanley Cups. I, sh- I should have mentioned that. Yeah, and and I and I he's forgot the too. This guy on their team, he's the most he, experienced on the team. And and he's and he's. I mean, he's obviously back to back Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, back to back Stanley Cup champion. He's. He's been there. He's going to be the, the the voice of reason in that locker room. Who's going to Who's going to say, "Hey guys, you know, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of bright lights on you, but you know, you just got to have fun, taking a stride, and just play your game." That's the only thing you you can do. I agree. This is going to be this is going to be a great matchup. Um, and Shakes made a lot of good points to the Kings, but you know, I'm going to stick with the Golden Knights. I'm I'm hoping that hometown the the home crowd advantage be, in Vegas will, nice. will will work. Right, that Vegas flu. Which probably worked more during the season because you get players going there maybe a night early and going out and gambling, but you know, you know what I would love to see talk about two fucking fun. Obviously, you know I I don't know, it's probably got a bit of a reputation as a fun regular season venue because their team was winning and it's new and all that. I don't know exactly how like really electric the Vegas crowd would be in the playoffs. We'll all find out soon enough. I think they're going to be electric. But you know what? You know it would be a really fucking sick story. A Predators, a Nashville versus Las Vegas Western Conference final. Oh. Two of the, you know, Nashville got all the hype last yeah. year for being such a fun, fun hockey city, awesome arena. Pair that with moving the teams out west to Las Vegas, you know, fucking party central USA. Yep. That would probably be the coolest series that's ever happened yeah. in the history of hockey. Yeah. So uh, let's tickets. all root for that. Well, I'll wrap up the uh, Kings and Knights segment by just saying um, I'm riding this with Harry. I like the Knights. I think. A really valid point you made is Flurry's presence there, just like a veteran in the locker room. And these guys are young; it's their first, you know, first season, uh, you know, in the league. And so, there's not much to lose for these guys. And I think this is what's awesome is they're going out there uh, to, to have fun. You know what I mean? Like this is like going to be fun fucking hockey to watch. Uh, and so, I, I think like if I was putting money on it, I'd probably sit with the Kings. But I'm riding the Knights train, so. Um, Let's do it. From that, I'll just transition quickly into Sharks and Ducks. Um, This is something we were talking about a little bit before, which I think is super interesting. These guys have shared a division the entirety of the two decades that they've been in existence, but they've only met twice. Um, And it's it's crazy to me because I believe it's the Sharks have now made the postseason. Yeah, the Sharks have made the postseason 13 times in the last 14 years. Um, So... Mm -hmm. You talk about experience. These are guys that have a lot of veterans or experience uh, going into the playoffs. Um, and so I'm stoked to see this matchup. Dude, I, this right here, I, as I was looking over things, you know, throughout the course of the week, since everything has been sort of set in stone, this right here, I've, I've pegged it since the very first day as the best matchup in the first round, period. Yep. Like Harry and I were just talking about, these three California teams in the Pacific Division, the Ducks, the Kings, the Sharks, it's always fucking awesome, extremely physical hockey when these guys make it to the playoffs. Um, you're talking about an extreme rivalry between San Jose and Anaheim. Um, I've actually been to uh, to both of these arenas, um, neither in the playoffs, but, I mean, contrary to popular belief, California's like their hockey, 
and you got guys. I mean, Brent Burns, that dude loses more teeth than anybody I've ever <laughs> fucking seen, and he just plays the most aggressive hockey of all time. These guys, these two teams were extremely close in the regular season. The Ducks uh, had 101 points. The Sharks squeezed in with a wild card spot, I believe, at 100 points. So only one point separated them. Uh, they did play four times, and San Jose won three of those matchups. Um, but the thing is, uh, they have not. Uh, they haven't played since, uh, I believe, San Jose got Evander Kane at the uh, trade deadline. So that's probably a bit of an added strength, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, when it comes to playoff hockey and when it comes to these two teams, it's it's going to be physical. I mean, I for sure think this is a seven-game matchup. I probably like uh, I probably like the, the Ducks to take it at the end of the day. John Gibson is the better goalie. I've harped on that. 1.95 goals against average and a .94 fucking save average. That's pretty stout. Um, so when you've got two even teams on paper, two super physical teams, it's about keeping the puck out of the net, obviously. Yep. Yep. Harry, who are you liking? Uh, I like the Sharks here. I, I, I agree with Shakes. Uh, it's going to be a, a hell of a matchup. I loved that Evander Kane pickup that the Sharks made um, at the trade deadline. Uh, he's a really, really, really solid offensive player. Um, who was just in a bad situation in Buffalo. So I'm, I'm glad to see. I think he's been playing pretty well since he got to San Jose. Um, Buffalo fucking sucks. Buffalo is just such a, <laughs> another toxic environment to play in. It seems like anyone who goes there uh, just, just can't really seem to get it going. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Sharks here in seven. Uh, they're, they're the be- they've been the better team throughout the season. Um, it's it's going to be a battle, and I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, West Coast banged talk, up but, after seven. Hell yeah! And a guy we haven't mentioned, Ryan Getzlov. Talk about big fucking hockey he's players. He's a big fucking hockey player. He's like the he's like the char of the West Coast. Yeah, you know? dude. I was gonna I was thinking about this before. Uh, West Coast hockey is is wildly different than East Coast hockey, and that's a weird thing to say because I, players I like come it. from everywhere, you know, nationally, internationally, whatever. But West Coast hockey is a much different style of hockey than on the East Coast. It's, it's the I altitude. There's so much more when you look when you look at teams on the East. You know, the, the the teams that always come to mind, obviously, are the Capitals, the Penguins, right. the Lightning, the Rangers, etc. Flyers, um, just super fast skating. I think they're always skating around guys more so. You know, they're like, it, it's just like a fast basketball team, you know, making cuts. That's kind of right. what it looks like on the ice. Always, always running, like skating fast as fuck towards crashing the net, if you will. A lot of rebound right. hockey in the East. But I th- the West is much more of like a one-on-one, just like physical fucking yeah. matchup hockey. Always moving the puck around the blue line and shit. Like I think it's a lot different if you if you watch. Which obviously I watch more West Coast hockey, but it is a lot different. Obviously, um, it hasn't panned out for the West the last couple of years. The Penguins have been too strong, yeah. so it's funny to see it all match up. Do you think up, that's a testament? Awesome. Do you think that's a testament to the fact that teams are just trying to move away from you know just absolute refrigerators like Chara, and they're just focusing on quick, quick well, hands, that's... quick skates. Yeah, that's like the natural progression of the NHL right now. Is, is I think it's just getting these. Honestly, these quick I think guys it's in. just like much like a football conference. You know, like when you look at if if you look at conferences in the NFL, NFL or conferences even in college football, like people recruit or people sign players like specifically to match up versus teams in their conference. You know, you have to win matchups. So I think it's just sort of a product of like who was good at a certain point. You, you start getting guys in your program to, to match up and, and beat certain teams a certain way because you have to, and then that's what it leads to. I think the East is just a faster, more offensively focused sort of style of hockey, and, and the West is physical, more defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's I, awesome. I, I can talk about wacky shit on the Internet all day, but uh, 
<laughs> Let's go ahead and, and wrap this segment <laughs> up. I'm fucking stoked that the uh, playoffs are here. But let's um let's just dive right into the NBA playoffs. I know Tom's got a lot uh, on his mind. He's been silent for a little bit, so um, I'll let you yeah, go ahead. Yeah, still here, boys. Let's, I haven't left you guys yet. Let's hear what you got to say. But, uh, I guess really quick before we get into all the matchups, uh, sort of the overhanging storyline of this week has been the Rookie of the Year debate, which is like basically come down to Ben Simmons and the field. Uh, but one player that has really stepped up is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you guys remember, I think, episode two or three. I might have told you guys that he was going to win the dunk contest, uh, and Homeboy brought home the gold. But they've sort of been taking jabs back and forth at each other because Ben Simmons was asked about it, and he says, oh, I would win Rookie of the Year. Me, absolutely, 100%. So uh, he's definitely following after LeBron in terms of his humbleness, which I guess you got to follow the best if you want to be the best. Um, but then Donovan Mitchell came out and was like, I mean, this dude's not a rookie. Like, technically, he played last year. This is my first year. And he's, I mean, if you just look at the two teams, the Utah Jazz are a much you know weaker team on paper than the Sixers. And they, we'll get into it, but they've pretty much locked up the third seed in the West uh, which is a very, very tough conference. Um, and they're kind of just going back and forth, but unfortunately the technicality and the rule, like Ben, ben Simmons is going to win rookie of the year. And, and I think he's got, like, I think on paper and, and statistically and, and probably success of the team, a, a team that's been so average the past, you know, for, you know, since I can remember. Uh, but, you know, Tom, what's your thoughts on like the whole, like he's essentially taken – he took like a, a red shirt year, his rookie, his real rookie year. But like the argument is, is, you know, he's had a full, that means he's had a full year to re- rehabilitate right, that injury. Exactly. He's had all the nutrition and all the coaching of an NBA, ta- of, of, of the NBA caliber. So it's really an unfair comparison. And like what Donovan Mitchell has no, done ab- in that absolutely. year is really impressive because he's fresh out of college. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's an unfortunate, you know, little detail in what's defining a rookie but yeah you're 100 percent right like ben simmons should be you know more polished he should be more nba ready and he should be you know he should have the bigger responsibility on his team um and while that's all good and well i think donovan mitchell has done everything for his team that ben simmons has done for the sixers uh just without the supporting cast and i think that is something that's just being overlooked because of Ben Simmons' ridiculous, you know, stats and just like how you know he he's been a big time name since he was at LSU. Everyone was fucking right. hopping on his dick, yep. and I mean, I, I think that obviously has a lot to play with it or play into it as well. Yeah, I, it's it's an interesting thing, and I, and I hope that Don, I'm I'm with you. I hope Donovan Mitchell gets it, you know. And, and I think Ben Simmons is a really special talent, and I'm I'm kind of surprised he's as good this early as 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 he is. He's. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Wrong. Donovan Mitchell is playing with a literally like more or less nobody. Rudy Gobert. Yeah, with, he's seven. running with that's Rudy Gobert. Big name and that's really it. That and, and he's literally leading that offense. He, you know, he's he's a bit of a play. He's more of an offensive threat than a playmaker. Whereas I think Ben Simmons is much more of the playmaker type, right? Le- uh, lead, yeah. Leading the he, point. He honestly looks like Magic Johnson. Like he does it all. Yeah. He he he's got to work on his shot a little bit, but I mean. He is only a rookie. Let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, I'm curious to see Yo, how this all pans out. Quick, quick question on a side note. I just got an update that uh, Russell Westbrook, just while we're on the topic of amazing feats, uh, 
Just became the only NBA player to average triple double in back to back seasons. Just wanted to get your thoughts yeah. on him. He he actually he needed fifteen rebounds tonight to secure a season triple double. And he, he pulled down like seventeen and it was still the third quarter. Um the Thunder tonight are just they're they're crushing. They they put up like a hundred points through fucking three yeah. quarters. He's, um, he's a one, special talent. One other actually cool thing that Westbrook did, um, he brought out Nate Collinson tonight in front of the OKC crowd and was basically like, look, this dude might be on his way out. I don't know. But like, he's my dude. He's my idol. Like I looked up to him, uh, which I thought was very respectful yep. for Westbrook to do. Yeah. And honestly, it's surprising to see him get the triple-double or averaging a triple-double again because you know they brought in Melo and they brought in Paul George. So last year, everyone was like, oh, of course, you average a triple-double. He's the only player on their team, right? Uh, you know, like Enos Cantor was like his pretty much like next man uh, in, like, in talent wise. But, you know, they brought in these superstars and tried to make the championship team and, and he still did it. So uh, kudos to, to Russ. Well, Wells, why don't you break down uh, the conferences for us? Yeah, so I guess we'll start in the east. Uh, Toronto and Boston have the number one and two seeds. The Sixers, Kyrie. Uh, they're, up like 30, they're up like 30 points tonight. So the Sixers have locked the three seed. Uh, the Cavs will take the four seed, and then it's looking like Pacers, Bucks, Miami, and Wizards to round out the top eight. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday night, so we're just going to roll with it as is. Um, in the first matchup, the Raptors and Wizards. Uh, I think the Raptors should take care of this here. They've you know they've just been an offensive powerhouse all year, and the Wizards have sort of been struggling with injuries. Um, and you know John Wall, their best player, obviously he was out for like two months, and so it's kind of, kind of impressive that they were still able to hop in the top eight here. But I just don't see the Wizards having enough firepower to keep up with Toronto. Um, and the worst part about playing in Toronto is that you get heckled by Drake in every fucking <laughs> home game. He's just sitting there like waving his towel, drinking his fucking seltzer water, acting like he owns the place, and I guess he does. Um, yeah, so don't hate on Drake. Considering the Drake effect, I like the Raptors here. Dude, that's I'm kind of surprised you're you're so convinced on that. I I think the Wizards' big problem is their backcourt or uh their you know their uh excuse me like their you know centers and and their big men excuse me. Um, their front court. Front court, yeah. Uh, hockey guy here, um, but uh, <laughs> I think it's gonna be a little bit closer of a series or of a of a matchup than than people might think. I think the Wizards are. They're an interesting team. They they can come to play. Um, so I'm not so convinced it's going to be uh, like a yeah. slacking. I think that they and I think you know the Wizards will be able to hang in there and at least make it interesting. I think the Raptors are still the better team overall, but uh, you know John Wall can make stuff happen. At the end of the day, Literally, it is Washington. I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of I haven't watched a lot of NBA basketball this year, but um, Tom said you know Wall was out for a few months, so. Um, you know, maybe if you stop and think about it, now that they have him back and he's healthy, they could be a much stronger team than their record suggests. Yeah. Maybe they can give him a good run. Well, well, the the issue with the Wizards is that everybody fucking hates Gortat. They wanted him to get dealt. He didn't get dealt. Um, and then there was like a little beef with John Wall and Gortat when John Wall got hurt. Um, but Grimes, you're you're right. I mean, Bradley Beal is probably a top he's ten electric. player in the league. Uh, the dude can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Uh, but just like you guys were saying with hockey, depth plays a big role in the NBA playoffs just because of the same situations, how long they go, you know, how the travel involved. Um, and the Wizards really don't have any depth. It's sort of been their Achilles heel over the last, like, three years. 
Uh, so I, you know, I could probably see Toronto closing this out in five or six games. Um, but moving on from there, uh, I guess we'll hit on the Celtics playing who will be the Miami Heat. Uh, this is a very sore subject for me to talk about just because of the injuries we've dealt with, uh, with Gordon Hayward in like the ten- the first minute of the first game. And then Kyrie just going from like a knee injury to knee surgery to out for the season. Um, I, I mean, the Celtics, you can't count out the Celtics just because of Brad Stevens. He's, he should be coach of the year. The dude is an absolute basketball mastermind. Uh, and then on top of that, we still have Jalen Brown, who's sort of taken over this team in the last week or two since Kyrie's been gone. We've got an awesome play out of Jason Tatum, our rookie forward out of Duke. He's really stepped up, and I wish his name was being thrown around more in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Uh, and obviously, there's Al Horford, who's probably he's the, the biggest veteran still left on this team. And, Very underrated, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's not flashy. He's he, he's sort of like Tim Duncan. Like he just gets it done night in and night out, and he can shoot. He'll rebound. Um, you know, he's excellent off the pick and roll. So I I don't want to count the Celtics out. out. I think this will be a a pretty Ow. tough series. Uh, they actually, the Heat actually took the season series two to one, uh, including two. Both wins were in Boston, which is kind of fucking impressive. I'll be honest. I I like the Celtics. I I like them in seven games. They they probably won't get past the second round, but I like the Celtics in this series. Obviously, the number one thing you said, and the number one thing that exists in in basketball period is coaching. Um, mm-hmm. You you know, obviously you point to super teams and shit super teams win of course they they win championships but when it comes to a matchup like this you know you got the celtics who were good enough throughout the course of the season to wrap up the number two seed um they're playing the heat it's not like it's the heat of old or anything and when you got someone like brad stevens on your side you can win anything i mean that's i'm not putting him on the same level or anything but you know, give give Greg Popovich a team, uh, you know, an injury riddled team, and he can make magic happen too. Oh, Same with guys like Bill Belichick. Pop has got one. We'll we'll get when, to that. It, exactly. I mean, so team. you know, coaching is the number one thing in basketball. You'll never convince me otherwise, especially in a seven game series. Um, when you get to go back to the drawing board and, and consider matchups throughout the course. So I like the Celtics here. It's it's sad. Kyrie is so fucking awesome. Um, Jalen Brown's been awesome. Sad to see Gordon Hayward go down, like you said. I mean, they they could have really been. They probably could have been a championship team, if not definitely an Eastern Conference championship team. So we'll see how far they go. Mm, yeah, I I hate to be the the bearer of bad news here, but uh, there's I, I think the Heat will take them in, in four or five. Uh, no I, I just I I and I hate to say it. I, I I don't have anything against the Celtics. I I think they're a fun team to watch. They're obviously out of Boston, but. You know, you got when you look at the Heat's lineup. You know, they're they're a really stout lineup. Dwayne Wade is playing like the you know like vintage Dwayne Wade, uh, and he's really Can't got that. And he's really Wade. got that team like fired up, and and, and they're playing very well. And um, yeah, man, I don't know, Tom. I'm sorry, but I, I think the Heat are just gonna kind of roll through this. I don't think I don't know what's gonna happen beyond that point for the, for the Heat, but uh, I think the injury bug hit him a little bit too hard when you talk when when Hayward yeah. when Hayward and Irving are out. You know they got guys that who can hold their literally own. Our but best two players. You're literally Kyrie, best two players. Kyrie but was the fucking sword to finish it off. I got I got one I got one difference maker in this series. Udonis Haslam. Yeah right, dude. <laughs> that guy's like fifty. He's got to be like fifty years. old. I know, but all team name. 
Udonis. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. All you mean all name team? Yes. <laughs> all name team. Tom, what are your all thoughts right, well, on uh, Sixers in the Bucks? Yeah, let's get off this sore subject here. Seriously. Uh, well, trust the process. So currently, the Sixers and the Bucks are playing right now, and I mentioned it earlier. The Sixers are up by 30 points tonight. This game is not even close, um, and it all goes back to Ben Simmons. Uh, the, the dude is just balling out. He's got incredible court vision, and it just doesn't look like the Bucks have enough firepower to keep up with the Sixers. I mean, they have, obviously, there's Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, who's, you know, he's probably one of the biggest emerging names out of the entire NBA this year. He's averaging 27-10. and 10. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon, who was last year's Rookie of the Year, uh, and Jabari Parker, uh, who's finally healthy. They'll definitely be able to score, uh, but in a seven-game series, I don't, I don't think they keep up with the Sixers team. They're, they've now won 16 in a row, uh, and they're firing. But I, I like the Sixers here in probably four games. Maybe, maybe Milwaukee will sneak one. So four to five games. But I'm a little concerned with the Sixers moving forward. Just because if you if you if you're riding this hot streak, that's awesome. But I'm afraid that they might have started a little too early, and they might get a little burnt out, especially with how young this team is. Uh, I think their only like real veteran is fucking JJ Redick, and I mean he's not gonna this thing you know this wash up shooting guard is not gonna he, lead. He's your not team. gonna carry that team, yeah. And Yo, mo- uh, I think, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say the the biggest issue with this team going forward is like how. How do you really draw up Joel Embiid into this lineup? Because he's not playing tonight, and he'll probably be, you know, game ready, so to speak. But not only has he just been injury plagued since he got into the league, but he just—he's coming off a fresh facial fracture, excuse me. And so like that's—that's still going to be bothering him. Teams are going to know that, and they're going to get physical with him. Uh, I, I don't really see the Sixers. I know trust the process. Everyone and their mother is drinking the juice this year. Uh, I don't see them moving on past the next round. Uh, I'll dish it back to you, Brent. Uh, I know I don't want to skip your best favorite player. I want to just hear your thoughts on the Cavs and Pacers series. Um, unfortunately, I like the Cavs. Um, it's, it seems like they fucking turned it around somehow. Um, if you read anything that LeBron's been saying, it's all credit to him. So... Um, I mean, it, him, it is. It is. It, but. It's it's amazing what he's been able to overcome this season with how bad his team is, um, quote unquote. So more credit to LeBron. It's amazing. He just wore some shoes the other day that um, I think literally said one the left the back of the left shoe said I'm as in the contraction I am, and the right shoe said King. So I'm King. Pretty cool, LeBron. You're the man. You're the fucking he's the king. <laughs> He's just the most humble player I've ever seen. It's incredible. I mean, yeah, self-rewarding himself MVP. I'm the king. Congratulated himself with an Instagram before having thirty thousand points before the game happened. I would love to see. I would love to see Indiana hero, um, former Hoosier, current Pacer Victor Oladipo somehow magically lead the Pacers. To a fucking four-game crushing of the Cavs, if if uh, yeah. I had it my way, yeah, in in some in Brent's universe somewhere, that's what's about to happen. But let's in the hit real that world let's right hit that now, parallel universe because I don't want to yeah. see LeBron James anywhere near another championship. Well, thank God they will not be winning a championship this season. That's that's definitely not happening. 
Alright, well, before we uh, we rip down the king too much, I think we should just move on here. It's Western Conference, um, baby. To the Western Conference, yeah. Uh, so, I guess I'll just run it down real quick. Uh, the Rockets have had the first place seed locked up for a couple weeks now. And, obviously, the Warriors are second. And every other team is sort of just kind of happy to be here. And they're all separated by one game. So it's sort of a jumble, but we'll just, again, roll right with the current standings as of 5 o'clock on Wednesday night. Uh, Currently, the Rockets are probably going to play the Timberwolves. Uh, The Timberwolves actually have a game against the Denver Nuggets tonight, as I mentioned earlier. And the winner gets the 8th seed. So it's like, you know, it's a very important game tonight, but... the. I mean, the winner is ultimately going to be the loser. The Rockets have just been too too good all season, and I mean they're gonna they're gonna win in four games. Like fear the beard, James Harden, homeboy is hungry. Yo, Chris hungry. Paul, Chris Paul is balling right now. He's balling like he's playing for the fucking Globetrotters. Yeah, I mean, you, he's, you, he's you doing some Chris incredible Paul, shit. The, the best passing point guard really of our generation. Holy probably shit, since Steve man. Nash. I mean, it was Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, and now we have Chris Paul. You know, that's just who the passing point guards have been. So you put him with James Harden, of course, like, amazing team. They're They're unbelievable. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I think we can all come to a consensus there. Um, But actually, the next matchup, which, if everything aligns like it should tonight, is going to be the Golden State Warriors and Oklahoma City Thunder which is probably going to be the most star-studded game of this, or series of the entire NBA playoffs. Um, which, it's actually not as, you know, cut in stone as people would think with a 2 versus 7 seed, just because of the Olympic caliber that each team has. I really, I'm really kind of drawn here, um, just with the way Russ has sort of always had that chip on his shoulder since KD left. And even this season, I remember... The, the you know the the Warriors pulled out a tight game and the camera just cut to Russ staring down KD and you can just see him on TV he's saying I'm coming I'm coming and like team they kind of got into it a little bit and it's sort of just been accumulating to right now I love um, it so I mean obviously I would love to see the Thunder beat Golden State I think everybody would agree with that just unless you fucking live in Golden State. Uh, I do live. I, but, I do live in Golden State, and B. I would love to see. I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I argue about this with everybody all the time, especially when I'm like a little drunk and just getting in that in that mood when talking NBA. I, Russell Westbrook is like he he blows my mind sometimes with how with how good he is, and I know he can be a savage competitor. Savage competitor, a hundred percent, and that's the exact way. Like that's the word I was missing right there. Is a savage comp- that dude just he's how can you how can you not love him like just watching every single fucking instinct that he has which is I mean he's like kill. his instinct you is haven't, kill you you literally there are only certain players that you see that have ever tried that hard for every minute of every game forever and it's like fucking Kobe Michael Larry Bird yeah. and like Russell Westbrook you know like just guys who just are in your fucking ass nonstop, and like he, of course, sometimes you know he's like get in, get in that ass. <laughs> in he, that. he can be the reason that his team loses at times, but I mean, man, he, in my opinion, you know, of course, everyone has their own definition of like MVP and shit, but there could be an argument that like he is just the most valuable player, period, for any franchise for like a few years now, especially since KD left. 
But, like, yeah, he's incredible to watch, mainly just his competitiveness. You know, I'm not necessarily saying he's the best basketball player ever, but he's a grinder. It's awesome. Over the last five years, if there's ever a time for Russell to kind of get his revenge on Golden State and Kevin Durant, I know that they're not, like, enemies by any means. Like, they've kind of squashed that beef. But if there's ever a time, this this year is the year, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, when is he gonna have with an old ass mellow? Like when? When are? When is Golden State? Fuck mellow. In a, in a certain window, you know, when are they gonna have a better roster than than they have right, right now? Right, right. And, and not, Golden State you know. is kind of like limping into these playoffs. Well, dude, that's it, the it thing. Take, Steph, Steph four Curry four hasn't years. played. Curry hasn't played in like almost a month. So even if he does come back, like, is he gonna be a hundred percent? Is he gonna be in form? Is he gonna be even in running shape? It's gonna be a yeah. rusty like, bucket. These these games, like, everybody on the court is going, you know, 110%. And if you haven't been running, like, it's it's one thing if you're dealing with, like, a, you know, an arm injury or a face injury like Embiid. If you're dealing with an ankle injury, that's going to directly affect your, you know, general rehab and training. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to hang with Russ for seven games. Like, any other point guard, I'll probably take Curry. But if they're going to have Russ on him, like, in his face, just playing that, like, you know, pit bull like defense like yes you know, sir um yeah. it's gonna be tough but i mean ultimately out of every big name player on this court kevin durant is the best player of them all for sure he is he is and for for that reason i'm gonna take golden state damn well um speaking of players who just give 110 percent at all times um here's a new one donovan fucking mitchell yeah um, baby don't know if anyone's been watching the Jazz play this season. Uh, some of the few games this NBA season that I have watched have been the Jazz because this guy has been lighting up every highlight reel ever. Um, he's sort of the new Russell Westbrook, dude. Like, he, he makes every play there is. He's all over the floor as as sort of a smaller guy, you know. It's not like he's six nine or anything. Um, but he, he's clutch. He's a gamer. He's every word you, you want to be called as a player of any sport really but like this this guy is impressive honestly the the only bad part about him is that he plays in utah so no one gets to fucking see him except on sports center in the morning yeah i mean i i i think you're you hit it right on the the nail right on the head there that you know donovan mitchell is a force um and luckily i should say luckily uh they're rolling into an injury beaten san antonio spurs team so it's hard to doubt Popovich it's hard to doubt Aldridge but I feel like there's just been so many question marks around the Spurs this year uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah took this series I think it'll probably go six or seven yeah I mean not only physically beaten Spurs team but mentally beaten Spurs team dude like no uh, one yeah. knows what the fuck has been going on with them and they definitely have problems in their own locker room you know like Tony yeah Parker calling out uh what's his face uh Kawhi Leonard and you know saying Tony's former injury was a hundred times worse and he kept playing yada 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 like yeah they definitely don't have a very cohesive locker room they've been struggling so not only are they hurt but they're sort of torn apart if you will so I probably do like the Jazz I mean the Jazz are coming in out of an extremely tough Western Conference as always and they're the number three seed so it's not like they haven't gotten it done all season long right I mean they're they're the best defensive team in in the country uh and I know that's sort of traditionally been San Antonio's role, but I think that Utah is going to have enough to you know get it done this week. Um, so you know, good shout out Donovan Mitchell. We are very pro Donovan Mitchell here. Yes. Um, one player that I personally am pro uh, 
in support of is Anthony Davis. Let's and go. Support I'm the so brow. Excited. I'm so excited to see the brow this year in the playoffs. He's Can averaging. He shave it? I saw Can a video. Is that no, real? Was, that was April was, uh, Fool's. That, that was an April Fool's joke. Let's go. That's oh. amazing. Good for him. Well, I I got fooled. I'm a fucking fool. Yeah, I got and fooled. And so, I, I just <laughs> I just got a an Clown. update, and the Pelicans are up fucking thirty points on the Spurs right now, and mm. Anthony Davis is just rolling, uh, and he's averaging twenty eight and eleven this year, and almost three blocks a game, and then they also have Rajon Damn. Rondo. Uh, ex Celtic, who sort of you know, left. I've always been a Rondo lover, man. Love he's him. he's a fucking nutcase, but he's a veteran who's won a championship, and, and you know a great that's passer, unbelievable vision. And in, in addition to him, they have Drew Holiday, who's always been one of my favorite players, just because how like shifty he is. He uh, can hit the deep ball. Yeah, he brings a really dynamic part to this offense, which it's like you a know, Jamal Craw- Crawford type, you know. Well, they're going to need the offense because the Trailblazers this year are probably the most loaded backcourt in the league with Dame Dalla and CJ McCollum. These dudes are fucking superstars. It's another team that doesn't really get a whole lot of you know publicity. Um, I guess Damian Lillard does because he's also a rapper and like you know he's on SoundCloud and shit. So good for him. But uh, these two combined for nearly fifty points a game. And are shooting like 44, 45% from the field. I don't know who's going to come out of this series, but it's going to be an offensive thriller each and every game. Uh, I'm probably going to bet the over in every single one of these games. Um, just for shits and giggles, and my man, Anthony Davis, I'm going to take the Pelicans in six. Well, just to be a contrarian, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Trailblazers in six. And, um, True to I, form? No, I think going back, I can't remember. Can't remember if it was like uh, episode three or four. I spent an entire segment pretty much talking about how Damian Lillard is fucking underrated. Love this guy. Have loved him for four years now. Um, he is he is one of those guys. It's it's sad that I put uh, Westbrook on such a pedestal, and now I'm carrying um, comparing Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard to him. But Lillard is one of those guys who who does every single thing for his team as a small guy. You know, he's a point guard. But he plays. He he's not just a passing point guard. He can pass. He can shoot. He can get to the basket. I mean, the main thing he does is attack the rim and draw fouls. He's an electric offensive player. He's Russell Westbrook like in the sense that he plays extremely tight defense. Gets a ton of a uh, ton of steals for a smaller guy. You know, a point guard gets a couple blocks a game. Love Lillard. I mean, I like. It, it is going to be an interesting matchup because all of the all of the weight on the Pelicans team to me is in the backcourt, or rather in the frontcourt. Obviously, they do have Rondo, like you said, and Drew Holiday, but then you have an attacking offensive team like the the Trailblazers. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a tough matchup. Anthony Davis is probably going to have fucking 50 blocks a game because Lillard's going to be driving to the basket the entire time. But I like I like the Blazers. I hope it's the Blazers. I, I kind of want success for them, and I would like to see them get a couple rounds deep. Well, I think that's all we've got for uh, the NBA playoff recap. Looking forward to both the NBA and NHL uh, playoffs going head-to-head. So um, we'll just kick straight off into buzzer beaters, just quickly recap some other stuff that was going on in sports and entertainment, and we'll start off with Brent uh, to tell us a little bit about the Masters. Dude, um Harry and I will take this shit. Yeah. Harry, how about that Masters? Dude? I haven't watched this much of the Masters so intently 
for a, a long time. I watch I was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every hour of coverage that was possible. My company wasted so much money paying me to show up to work on Thursday <laughs> and Friday. Um, I, I, I was so this. zoned in. Love seeing that shit. I mean, you know, we talked about it last week, and a couple of the guys that I picked, a couple of the underdogs, they came out hot. I was feeling good about some of those picks, Ustazen and Leishman. Um, all the guys that you wanted to see at the top, uh, except for Tiger and Phil, pretty much, were at the top. You know, obviously you had Rory, you had Patrick Reed, you had Ricky Fowler, you had Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas. Yep. I mean, everyone was there. Rory um, pooped inc- his pants. Incredible Masters. I mean, everyone has seen, you know, like the – I think the ratings were up like uh, 20% or something um, Saturday and Sunday compared to last year. Um just an awesome Masters. It was a it was tough going the first couple rounds. Awesome round. I mean, just being a couple under par was getting it done. And then you know Saturday and Sunday it, it rained on Saturday a little bit, so it was a little softer and and guys went low and fucking incredible finish. Rory, um, sort of you know he he's just got a little bit of history now, like choking at Augusta. Yeah. He he couldn't get it done, but we had fucking electric like comebacks from Ricky Fowler. And Jordan Spieth, who shot eight under, unfortunate little bogey there on the last hole, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered anyways. He would have lost by one. So, awesome play by everyone, and credit to Patrick Reed. You know, he he failed to break seventy. It would have been he would have been the first player to ever shoot sixty all uh, or in the sixties all four rounds. Mm-hmm. But he did what he needed to do, and he won by one. So, fucking awesome yeah. tournament though. Incre- incredible tournament. And and the only thing I'll add to that. Um, is you know it was it was pretty clear in, in in the crowd I think that everybody wanted to see Ricky or Jordan pull it out right uh, yeah, and and Patrick Patrick sure, Reed is Patrick Reed's a, a less desirable golfer on on tour if you know what I mean like just just people just tend to you know he doesn't have the personality he doesn't have the bravado he's kind of a prick uh, he has a lot of baggage yeah he's got a lot of baggage he's also like a dumpy guy and the, and the whole like wearing red on Sunday like pissed me off and I was like dude like get your own shtick um, but you know I, I I was happy to see him win uh, I thought he the, you know his interviews were really genuine and, and, and he, the guys the guys lived his entire life for that for that moment so uh, not, not to be that guy um, I hate to take my moral high ground here I get where you're coming from, but if you actually dig deep and like read any of the stories, you almost cannot root for that guy. I know like that's completely. Well, that's what I mean. Like completely estranged from his family and shit. Oh, so like it's 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 cool. Yeah, he like has written off his mom and dad, kicked them all out of a tournament one time, including his little sister and shit. Like it's it's a fucked up story with him and his family. Fuck that guy. So it's tough for. Fuck. I really was rooting for like one of the good guys, you know, uh, Fowler or Spieth to like come back and win. That's it. interesting. And you could you could definitely tell like when uh, Reed sank that last putt like usually when if it's someone that wanted to like they wanted to win if that had been speed sinking that last putt that crowd would have gone bananas but like it was a very like i would say only 20 percent of the people were like cheering for real yeah no you're totally right i actually didn't know that so that that's an interesting thing that i knew people didn't like him i always just thought he was a prick and and he was cocky he's he's always like he's definitely kind of a a real life dickhead okay okay that's interesting correct good good read grimes Correct well, no, I just, I was just like, I was like, dude, like the guy who went to Augusta State, he's from that area, um, or I think he's from that area, but I was just like, you know what, kudos to him, he played an incredible tournament, he, you know, there was a lot, like, there was an obvious, awesome win, uh, there's an obvious, there's an obvious, like, um, something in the air where you just, you just knew, or, and he probably knew that people didn't want him to win, 
and that's kind of that's in it's a really tough thing to, to 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 deal with when you're trying to play like you know one of the biggest tournaments in the, in in the world. So, uh, but with that said, um, you know we can we can transition off of that. I was you know hoping Rory would or not Rory um, Fowler would pull it out. But uh, Same. on on another note, uh, this week I don't know if anyone's been paying attention, but the Champions League, which is the uh, best teams in Europe all competing for the the, the Champions League crown. Uh, faced off for their second leg there uh, so I'll, I'll just I'll start by saying that the four teams that are advancing are Bayern Munich Real Madrid Liverpool and AS Roma the real story here and and uh, aside from Man City losing and, and losing in a big way um, kudos to Liverpool they played great Mo Salah is one of the most fun people and most likable people in, in soccer right now um, but the biggest the biggest story of it all was the upset of Roma over Barcelona after being down 3-0, or no, excuse me, 3-1 going into the second leg. Roma stormed back uh, at home and, and ultimately uh, beat Barcelona. This just kind of proves to me that Messi doesn't, you know, when you're comparing Messi and Ronaldo, Messi doesn't really have the killer instinct that Ronaldo does. Um, you know, he doesn't have the competitive edge. Ronaldo's much more aligned with like the, the Russell Westbrooks of the world. Uh, where you know he just he he will do anything and everything to win, um, and and with that said, uh, today in the Real Madrid Real Madrid game versus um, uh, Juventus, Juventus uh, went into the game go, down three one going or excuse me three zero going to the second leg, in the ninety seventh minute, uh, Real had a uh, penalty kick. And Ronaldo took it, of course, buried it, had this ridiculous celebration, immediately pulled off his jersey, uh, and just flexed on the whole crowd at Estadio Bernabeu. And it was electric. Um, it, it was a good call by the ref. It was a penalty in the box, so uh, there's there's really no harm, no foul there. And it, it was an incredible game for those of you who watched. Brent, any thoughts on that before we move on? Um. As a matter of fact, not really, because I didn't fucking watch. But I know Ronaldo's been lighting it the hell up. I've enjoyed all the highlights. Well, I, uh, I'll i tell you who fucking hasn't been lighting it up. And I'm usually a big supporter, but I don't know what kind of mess he's got himself into. But uh, old news, but still very much uh, prevalent, is Conor McGregor uh, going apeshit at a, uh, at a press conference. Uh, stormed in, threw a bunch of shit through uh, a bunch of bus windows, and cut a couple guys up, ended up, you know, really delaying some fights, canceling some fights, um, and just kind of stirring up the UFC community. We've kind of speculated that it it was staged, uh, but then you kind of look deeper into it, and it looks like it might not have been, but would love to hear your guys' thoughts just because it was kind of an outrageous, uh, outrageous 24 hours of footage of him just going half-cocked. Uh, I think it was just an absolute ploy by Dana White. Uh, I think those guys, whoever got injured, I think something else happened, and Dana White's just you know spiraling this out of control to build more hype because because of everything else that unfortunately happened. Um, I, I I just think McGregor is he he's gonna get his. Dana White knows he's his biggest money maker, and nothing's gonna come of it. The he, legally he might be fucked. But in, in terms of UFC, he'll, he'll fight again. He's going for that belt. He's going to get Khabib, and I can't wait for it. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, just... I, I saw I saw footage of him in the fight that night, like uh, from a fan that had posted it and was like, "This is outrageous." So it, it was clearly all a ploy. But yeah, I, I think I, I honestly think I think it was in in a sense a ploy. I think this was something that was a bit scripted, but something that got out of hand. I think that Connor kind of went overboard because he he had that's just something he does. He's a very emotional person. Um, and I think he kind of went overboard. I think those injuries to those fighters who had to back out were actually injuries that they sustained from him throwing that yeah, dolly, absolutely. the dolly through the through the the window of the bus, and, and that's fine and all. And I thought I thought you know I I'm, I you know you guys know me. I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. Uh, always have been. Um, all right. Well, that's enough about McGregor for now. Tom, uh, Tom why don't you go ahead and roll out uh, some of these MLB thoughts. So just uh, really quickly, I wanted to just highlight what Bryce Harper has been doing so far this year. Uh, he's just gone bananas, leading baseball with six homers. And what's even more impressive is that he also has 16 walks. Like, nobody wants to pitch to Bryce right now. He's hitting three forty-five. Um, unfortunately, the Nats have had their own issues. Other, like, you know, teams have been pitching around Harper. And I think the Braves have taken like, like four of six from them already this year. So the Nats, the Nats have a few things to figure out, uh, but more generally, just today, uh, if you want to talk exciting baseball and you need reasons to watch, uh, fighting is apparently back in baseball. Let's go! So that's fucking awesome. Giving and me a today, reason if you're to watch. watching the, so today the Padres and Rockies were playing, and Luis Perdomo was pitching, and he like clearly just blatantly threw right at the fucking chest of Nolan Arenado. And so just like anybody does, they Nolan Arenado just spiked his bat, he threw his helmet, and he charged them on like a fucking raging bull. And it was awesome. And the bench is cleared. There's five ejections. Um it was an awesome video. You gotta check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but that was actually just the tip of the iceberg in terms of fighting because tonight uh the Red Sox Yankees rivalry is fully back. You heard it here first, like, no question about it. Uh, in the middle of the game tonight, somebody, I forget which Yankee player, somebody, was, some uh, asshole. It was Tyler Austin. Yeah, that fucking dickbag. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> probably a sub. He's probably, uh, is he their center fielder? Feeling, he's, a, he's a backup. He's, he's a, a bad boy. Anyways, he slid, like, cleat first, like, really high into Brock Holt. Yeah, I... Who is, like, the, the smallest dude on the team. I misreported that. He tr- he he got a, a pitch thrown at his back by Joe Kelly and then charged the mound. Okay. Uh, nice. Joe Kelly's a fucking idiot. But, anyways, moving on, that was just sort of, like, another, you know, mound charge incident. And so I'm fucking all for it because when these players run at each other, they act big and tough, but they're all fucking pussies. Aside from like, if Stanton or Judge was to like come at you, dude, Judge, like none of these guys, none of these guys are actually gonna. Fight dude, Judge you. was in the middle of that brawl. You should check out the video when you get a second. But Judge was like very much so in the middle of that. That would be He's the last. Person. That's the last person that him. I would ever want to be in I'd front of. I'd probably take him down, Tom. That, kid, that he down, would yeah. eat you three times over. He would throw you up yeah. and eat you again and throw you up. <laughs> Even if I had a fucking gun, um, I probably couldn't take him. Down. Oh, he would. He would catch the bullet. But uh, just really quickly to end on this, um, I'm glad. I know I, you know we try and be all around the league, but this early in the season when you have this kind of excitement from Red Sox, Yankees, dude, it's fucking awesome. I mean, last night the Sox won 14 to one. Right now, the Yankees, Yankees are up. Yankees are up right now, 10 to six in the bottom of the eighth. Um, excellent game. Sanchez homered. 
Judge had a fucking bomb off the monster. Stanton had a triple. J.D. Martinez for the Sox had a grand slam. Like, this game has everything. This is all the anticipation that's been leading up to this year uh, between these two teams. And it's only the first series between them all year. Baseball is back. The Red Sox-Yankees rivalry is back. Let's fucking go. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm, I'm just as fired up as Tom. I'm pretty much at full mass with the uh, NHL playoffs running into town. Um, again, we're all so fucking stoked that you guys have joined us for another week and appreciate all of you guys following us. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitsit at End of Reg and the Graham at End of Regulation. Make sure to let your friends know we are the future of sports and entertainment. That's a fucking fact. Um, and I'll just kind of roll through quickly a, a quick segment that I chose tonight for Grind My Gears that I knew would strike a chord uh, with Brent. But my, my Grind My Gears segment this week is about the yodeling kid. Uh, if you haven't seen this, uh, it's a young gentleman singing in a Walmart that has gone fucking viral. People are using it in their warm-up songs, and I despise the motherfucker. He was on Ellen today. Despise him. Or yesterday. Despise I, him. Dude, thank you, Gardner. Thank you so fucking much. He's Fuck all you guys. He is a national treasure. This guy. I cannot this be fucking guy, Harrison. More supportive of this kid. I, oh, I fucking, my God. I think his name is Mason. You knew his he would like guitar him. Strap, his little guitar strap even says Mason. I hope this dude is the next country music superstar someday. Yuck. I love it. Yuck. I, Brent, I need dude. more of him. I want this guy headlining Coachella and every festival in America. Brent said he wants Brent, to I adopt picture, him. Picture, like, Blindside status. I picture Brent's parents like dressing Brent up when he was a kid and making him do this at like family outings. And that's You'd why like that, wouldn't you, Tom? That's <laughs> why you're just a big supporter now. You've been there before. You feel for him. You know what he's going through. Yeah, I I do support him. Well, that's my uh, that's my grandma gear segment. I think it's just outrageous that this kid has gone this viral. There are so many, 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 so many more uh, you know multi talented people, and I just don't think that this kid needs to be on the face of every fucking social media forum. Wrong. Wrong. Shakes. Fuck off, you fucking. God damn. He, the kid is... I, I can't stand it. I, I just hate viral. I hate, vi- I hate viral most anything. So, you know, that's well, where I'll leave that. Before we get too heated, Harry, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with sign-offs tonight? Um, yeah, so not uh, all too much. Uh, stoked for the NHL playoffs. I really don't have, like, a shout-out or anything. Uh, I will shout-out my boys uh, in New York who put me up on their couch for three nights. Uh, appreciate that. Let's go. So, uh, Jake Giordano, Ben Rogers, and Tate Doherty. Uh, appreciate the love, boys. Um, I'm going to make sure you watch this shit just because I shout you out. But uh, that's all I got. Uh, loved being back in New York for a couple days. Lasagna. Uh, I'm going to keep it for the boys here. And uh, so quick segue. This past weekend, uh, me and the fellas, including your host, Monsieur Menges, went down to Myrtle Beach. Uh, Dirty for Myrtle. Our, our first annual golf tournament. Bad so Boys Tournament. Keeley. I'm going to give Brian Keeley a quick shout-out as Victor of the 2018 Bad Boy Open. Brian Keeley, bad boy. Bad fucking boy. Onion, Onion, let's go. You guys are lucky that me and Shakes weren't there. Well, my my sign-off is on a more serious note, not to get too serious or sentimental or emotional, but I did want to give a a shout-out, thoughts and prayers, to the families of the uh, Saskatchewan junior hockey team. Uh, 16 of their members died in an accident. Um, pretty fucking heartbreaking. So just wanted to give a shout-out there, especially because we're going to the NHL playoffs uh, and talking about the uh, hockey community. 
uh, not not to like go out on a limb here and like correct you or anything, but if anyone wants to look it up and like actually donate, because there are tons of avenues to give money, um, I donate like as little as five bucks. You know, like just give whatever you can give. They've raised millions of dollars already. It's the Humboldt um, hockey team. I think. Humboldt Broncos. Yeah. So yeah, Humboldt Broncos. So if you really want to look it up and get involved, um, you can look up the Humboldt Bron- Broncos tragedy. And you'll find ways to donate and help out the families. Yeah, thanks, Cardinal. Thanks for uh, bringing that, that up. That said, um, on a little bit lighter note, I'll just let us go with a little bit of music here. One of everyone's favorite high school party songs. Uh, just summer banger for year after year. A little uh, Time to Pretend by NGMT. Later, boys. I enjoyed it. Very nice. As always, it was a pleasure. We're out. Join us next week.